Welcome to the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. Each week on the podcast, you'll hear stories and tactics from experts and influencers who will provide you with actionable steps to transform your business and your life. I'm your host, Larissa McClemon, and I help salon owners move from stress and overwhelm to lead a life of freedom and profit by implementing a strategic framework to grow and scale their business. So wherever you are in the world, I want to officially invite you to join me in this episode and make an important step in your journey towards more freedom and more profit. Do you ever feel like it's a struggle to handle team dynamics in your salon? You're trying to do all of the things, wear all of the hats, and when leading a team gets thrown into the mix, it starts to feel a little overwhelming. I totally get that. Now, in this industry, we're constantly managing humans, whether that's our clients or our staff members, and when we're trying to run a successful business on top of that, I think it's important that we remember to also be a best boss and lead our team effectively. So that's why today I brought in Sandy Chong to chat with us. For my listeners in Australia, probably New Zealand, I'm sure you've heard of her. But for the rest of you, Sandy is the CEO of the Australian Hedrison Council and a veteran salon owner. So today we'll talk all things leading a team, how to juggle the multiple hats that you're wearing as a busy salon owner. So tune in today to hear all of Sandy's gold nugget pieces of advice. I know you're going to love this one. It's a big topic. So let's dive in and meet Sandy. Sandy, thank you so much for joining me on the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. Really excited to have you finally come and chat. Oh, it's so nice to see you, Larissa, because I feel like I miss you. We haven't seen each other for ages. I know. It's been a long time coming, so I'm super pleased. Now, for those that don't know you and know who you are, will you let us know where are you in the world? Uh, Who are you? What do you do? And how come we're chatting? Okay, so I am Sandy Chong and I'm based in Australia, in New South Wales, in Newcastle. So I'm really lucky because I actually have a beautiful park across the road and the ocean is just at the end of the street and I live at the ocean as well. So um, my role is CEO of the Australian Hairdressing Council. I'm also a director of the Council of Small Business Organisations of Australia, which represents small business, 1.3 small businesses in fact. I'm a hairdresser and I'm also a salon owner of 36 years. Wow, I think you're one of the few people that I know that wear so many hats and so many roles and just manage to do it all. I I have no idea how you pull it off. Superstar for sure. (laughs) I've been really lucky. I've had a really diverse um, career, I would admit, from obviously working on the floor and running my own business, but also um, representing a lot of the companies on speaking circuits and doing a lot of education, especially around um, employment staff, um, a lot around um, incentives and how to get staff to be highly productive. There's some of the things that I have presented in the past. And, um, and yet now I've got a very different role, which is representing the industry and helping the industry as much as I can. Yeah, that's definitely my impression of you, that you're the voice of the industry um, for Australia and that you advocate for the small business and the challenges that we have. Um, but my first meeting with you is when you came to New Zealand and I was a salon owner at the time and you came and spoke. And uh, my team and I were, so I guess, mesmerized by the messages that you had and your sort of philosophy on business. And so uh, it's been a long time that we have, uh, I guess, been chatting together. Yeah, that was a while ago. 
long time ago. Yeah. Um, the second time you came, I missed you. I sent my team because I was in hospital having a baby. Oh, it was a, okay. it was a good reason to miss your visit. <laughs> um, the reason that I invited you to come and talk actually is that because of your unique position uh, to be in front of so many business owners, um, other industries and a voice for the industry, I really wanted to get your insights and thoughts um, around from this sort of high level position that you're in, what are we doing as an industry or as, uh, as business owners that I think that you think should be the top things that we think about? Um, and so I'm really keen to dive into that. And one of the things that you said to me at the, you know, before we hopped on uh, to this chat is how we wear so many hats and how do we juggle all of these roles that we need to do as a business owner? How do we manage all of this? What are your thoughts around that? Oh, look, I agree. And I think that everybody wants to open their salon because they're really good at what they do. So they, you know, they might have a great clientele and, you know, they feel that they are creatively talented. Okay, so we open up the doors of our business and all of a sudden you suddenly realise that you didn't know that you didn't know all the stuff that you didn't know. And it's as simple as that. And there's an expectation that you have to be not only good at doing what you do with your clients, but all of a sudden you have to be really good at bookkeeping and accounting, understand what you're meant to pay people, how to build a culture in your business. What does that culture look like, sound like, feel like? What does that mean? How to negotiate with difficult staff or talk to them? All of the communication skills change because you have to be able to deal with you know, like unhappy clients as well. So what happens then? What are your business rights? What are the consumer rights? All of a sudden you have to wear all these hats that everybody expects that you suddenly, suddenly were able to wear when you opened up your business for the very first day. And, you know, that can be incredibly overwhelming. And I will say I'm a really good delegator. You know, I'm not someone that likes to do everything myself. And I recognise there's a lot of stuff I'm not, Good at. In fact, there's heaps of stuff that I know I'm not good at. So I think probably one of the first things is to be always resourceful. And if you can't get the information yourself, then you find the people who are really great at doing what they do. So, you know, I have someone who does my social media who's brilliant. And so, you know, I, I will use someone to do that because I don't have the time, nor do I have the knowledge and the skills that they have. You know, um, when it comes to an accountant, shop around. We've had some very ordinary accountants during my 36 years in business and we've had some amazing accountants. So, you know, they really need to help you become successful. They become part of your success story, in fact. And if your accountant isn't part of that, then you need to shop around, okay? Mm -hmm. So I think um, it's finding the right people who will wear those hats for you and encourage you and help you grow rather than trying to do it all by yourself like if that's too overwhelming and you know it's not really possible to just do it all by yourself hey hey it's me here larissa here just popping in to talk to you about something interesting don't worry though we'll get back to the episode in just a sec but for now i want to ask do you feel like 2020 has been a super rocky road, like lots of unexpected potholes in the journey of salon business? Well, maybe you felt deflated, overwhelmed, and that the stress is starting to seep into every aspect of your life. Well, 
I want to give you a fresh start in 2021, a chance to rewrite your own ending, take matters into your own hands, and actually be the one who decides to go for it and take a leap and make a change in your life and your business. Now, if this sounds like you, let's chat. I'd love to help you level up your business in 2021 and bring a new chapter, a chapter of success. So if you want to find out more, then just DM me, PM me, let's chat. And you can tell me a little bit about your salon, your team, your goals. Let's see if we are a good fit to work together. Let's make a plan for you. All right, let's get back to the episode. Yeah, I agree. Um, because there, there's, I remember the first time when I paid my, a couple of times I paid my GST late because I simply didn't know that I had a three-day window to get it in and I got this penalty and it's like oh but nobody came here and gave me the this is how you run a business book I didn't know that until I made the mistake so it certainly is definitely overwhelming and so what you're saying is get specialists for where you're not a specialist invest in a specialist yeah because I've made mistakes as well and it costs you so that's when you go looking for people even right down to finding the right insurance person you know you can save thousands of dollars if you're with the right company and you can save thousands of dollars if you've got the right accountant so you know I do believe in shopping around going to meet people and seeing how they will help you grow your business and that might even go you know like you're an amazing coach in the industry Larissa and it's like looking around like who are the amazing coaches in the industry who has your business at heart and you know the same as with coaches you look around and you and um, you know you find someone like you and who is has you know in their heart they really want to help you with your business and so I think with everyone that you come across that's who you look for yeah okay and the message under there is is to delegate not abdicate so when you when you hand something over to the accountant or or even a coach as you say that you don't take advice blindly but you actually learn via them and understand what is right or is wrong and that in fact if it goes wrong it's actually not even necessarily their fault. It's maybe your fault for not actually understanding enough. But learn the lesson and then find the right person. Would that be fair? Oh, totally. Because I think as hairdressers, we're very trusting as well. So we trust that whoever we're engaging is going to do the right thing. But that doesn't always happen. So I think that, um, you know, we also have to be resourceful and, um, and gain other opinions. And then obviously... Uh, maybe look at accountants who've been recommended by other really successful people, okay? And I know that um, with our existing accountant, we got a lot more return back dollar-wise than any other accountant that we've had before. Um, are they doing the right thing? Yes, they are. It's just that they are more creative and they understand our business better. Yeah, okay. Let's just stay on that topic of accounting for a moment because you, you kind of highlighted that as a really important thing to know. Uh, knowing your numbers why do you think that's one of the most important things and that we don't do it enough because because uh, my sort of observation is that we don't love as hairdressers we don't love numbers but no but we, we should yeah and hairdressers uh, especially those that own a business they tend to work week to week and I think mm -hmm. that it's really important that you do know your numbers and you actually understand your cash flow and cash flow I think was probably one of the key messages during the pandemic 2020 those that did not have a good cash flow have certainly suffered 
during 2020 because they did not have that backup. They did not have that security behind them. And I know that with each of the different countries, there's been different support. I know that Australia and New Zealand has been pretty fantastic. Um, I do feel the Australian government was absolutely brilliant with the amount of money that they paid out in JobSeeker, JobKeeper, and also the government grants of you know, $10,000. But for the businesses who did not have great cash flow, it meant that they, they have been under so much um, stress and anxiety to make sure that their business actually does come out positively with uh, 21 almost looming up there, um, where much many of us will actually lose the incentives from the government, okay? So there are some in Australia that will go till March, but for many, they really won't make it, and it's because they didn't have that cash flow. And so when it comes to figures too, I find that businesses don't look at the big picture, so I know how much I need to make for the year. And I also work out how many labour hours it's going to take to actually achieve that amount. Most don't do those engineering sums backwards. Most just work week to week. And um, you really need to get that big picture so that you can get an overall picture of where you're heading for the next 12 months. So, And cash flow is obviously in there as well. Yeah, it's really interesting that you say that about reverse engineering it because I often see people saying, well, how much can I make and let's see if there's any left over rather than saying, how much do I need to make so that there is enough left over, one, to pay me and two, that there's reserve for peaks and troughs and so we get out of that weekly cycle of, oh my God, I'm not going to make my budget this week and actually that if we have a, week, a bad week here or there, that actually that's not the end of the world, we're looking at it from a bigger perspective. Yeah, and I think um, I think probably one of the things that's um, that's a real concern in the industry is many business owners work for their staff versus the staff working for them. Okay, and if we added up all the hours that we actually do, most business owners do actually earn less than their staff. And it's because they don't plan enough ahead. And so, as I said, it's looking at well, you know, do I need to make one million dollars, two million dollars, one point five, or half a million dollars? And for some salons, it will be. $250 million, it doesn't matter what the amount is, but know what you do need to make, what you want to make with some profit. And the key question is, but how do I get that? How do I get yeah. that? You know, and you've got to work backwards from that. So, you know, I agree with you that reverse engineering is so important in business and it's what most people don't do. Yeah, we actually need to start with the question because I think we're too quickly look for the answer and we forget to ask the question and then work it out like how much do I need to make for me I think I remember the the uh, sort of turning point when I learned which is now what I teach was that actually my profit goal was not my income goal yeah like yeah. my profit goal was the business profit goal and the profit then needs to be able to pay me because the profit's got more jobs than just paying me yeah. It needs to have a reserve, it needs to pay the tax, it needs to be able to buy future, invest in future things, more stock and all of those things. And when I had that realisation that my take home amount was just a piece of the profit, it wasn't the profit, yeah. you have to think bigger. Yeah. yeah. And also too, I mean, when, it, when we talk about commission structures for staff, it's not really commission, it's profit sharing because that's exactly what you're doing. And really, we need to use those words more when it comes to employing our people because you are profit sharing with them. But even when, like you, yeah, when you know how much you uh, want to turn over for the year, then it tells you how much they need to turn over as well. Because I find that some of the sums that some salons work on 
You know, they were fine 20 years ago, but the world has changed and there are different costs. Sorry, on this fire engine going by. There are different costs. And so, you know, we need to understand that. We need to understand, well, what is our hourly rate? What can they turn over? How do they do that? And I think probably one of the really interesting things in the industry is most, most business owners don't know how to get staff to be productive. And most staff don't know how to be productive because they've never really been taught those skills because it's actually a skill. You either have it or you don't. And the ones that are highly productive don't know how to be unproductive. <laughs> so they're productive every week. They reach a point, a habit, where they are so productive every week that they don't know that they're like that. It's a habit. And that's really where you want every salon employee to be highly productive so that you are reaching those financial goals that your salon must get so that you can reach those figures. And so as a salon owner, so you actually go home with a good wage packet too. Yeah. Let's stay on the theme of staff because I think it's one of the biggest challenges, right? Um, keeping staff, is this kind of like one of the one of the skill sets, one of the hats that we need to be able to nail? What's the key if, I mean, there's lots of keys, right? I totally get that there's lots of answers here. But if you had to choose the one thing that people should start off or learn first, what would that be? Um, I think if I was going to choose a word, it's flexible. And flexible definitely nowadays. If you asked me this 20 years ago, I would have to go and probably look that up in the dictionary when it comes to staff <laughs> because, you know, we weren't flexible. It's like I worked on Saturday and so therefore you have to be. And it doesn't, it doesn't work that way anymore. You know, times have changed and the thinking has changed and the world has changed. And every business owner will keep their staff if they help their staff to be successful and if they're flexible around that. So with my staff, and I'm looking at them up on a, up here now. So Sophie's been with me for 36 years and Shalina for 14 years, um, Beck 16 years, Janice, oh, okay, I look at them all and, you know, Renee is 24 years, Janice is like 18 years, her sister Henna is 10 years. Um, and so I've, and Andre who takes care of the salon for me, I think she's been with me 24 years. And I know that so many salons will go, well, you know, you know, the staff come and go. It's a rotating door. And I get that. But they're leaving. They're still looking for something, those staff. They're looking for what they're not getting at your salon. And so it's creating a culture and atmosphere. It's creating, I guess, jobs for them that are so good that they don't want to leave because they're continually looking for that somewhere. And so I guess uh, for me, it's what is important to my staff. I do take my senior stylist twice a year. We have a big meeting and we cover, well, what is it that they want? And then my job is to give them what they want, you know, within reason, of course. They want a new car, well, that's a, no. But you know what I mean? It's, mm -hmm. it's within reason. So it's like successful people will stay with you. and. I really believe that our role as a salon owner and a leader is to make others more than more successful than you. But most business owners are scared of that. You know, it's like, but if I make them successful, they'll leave. It's like, no, make them more successful than you. And yes, we will do some, but if they're more successful than you, then that actually means you'll get a weekend off. It means that you'll be earning good money. And as they're successful, then I'm successful as well. Yeah, okay, I think that's really good, um, that flexibility. It's kind of like flipping it and saying, rather than saying, you know, you're lucky to be here, do it my way, it's saying, how how will you see my business in your future? 
Yeah. So how, how can we be part of their future rather than them be part of our future? Yeah. Uh, and as long as, like you say, within reason, as long as it aligns with where we're going and we're aligned ultimately on the destination, then um, we've got nothing to lose because the alternative is losing them. That's right. And as long as you have the same values and mm -hmm. in our salon, our staff come up with values and they are honesty, loyalty, integrity and respect. And so as long as they have the same values and we're on the same road to success, then, you know, I think that you can build a very positive culture. But keeping staff, you know, some salons just don't keep staff. And I think if you've got staff that, um, that are walking out the door, I think you need to look in the mirror, to be honest. Yeah, I agree. That's a real tough, uh, tough lesson to learn, but uh, yeah. nothing short of the truth for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, you're a business owner um, and wearing multiple hats. Tell me, what is a quote, a mantra, or something that you kind of live by that you can share? What keeps you going? Okay, so I don't know, I can't remember the actual presentation that I did when you did watch me, but I used to do a presentation, and it was all about your headspace. And if there's one thing that I always, probably my most common one is where's your head at? Because as a business owner and as a hairdresser, we can get too emotional and our thinking can really control everything that comes out of our mouth and what we do. So before I make any decision and often before I open my mouth at anything, I will always check in with where my head is at, whether I am thinking clearly and, and whether my thinking is positive and whether it's proactive or is there a whole lot of noise pollution in my head and there's this whole committee chatting? You know, it's like I would say to someone, if I put a microphone in your head, um, what would I hear at the moment? And, you know, sometimes that could be really scary. So I tend to remind myself of that. If I put a microphone in my head and everyone could hear it, well, what would they hear? So it's always making sure I have a clear head before I have any meeting, before I make any decision, before I write anything, before I meet a staff member, before I meet a client. It's like clear my head so they have my absolute focus and attention. And so I always ask, where's my head at? If I have someone walk in to the office and it's for a meeting so that I'm not aggressive or emotional or whatever, I'll just check in. And if I'm not in the right headspace, I will say, come back later. Or the girls know I go, right right and that means <laughs> I won't respond and so I think we've all been guilty of saying or doing something that we regret later and so where's my head at is probably the one thing I will always ask myself before a lot of things <laughs> I really love that and I think that is do we get better at that as we get older is it the luxury of age maybe um do you reckon <laughs> I think so. I, I have to admit, I, I taught this program. It was um, one of the companies that wrote the program and then I personalised it to the industry. And I think because I've presented it hundreds, hundreds of times, literally here and overseas, that's embedded in my head. So maybe, um, maybe because I have made a lot of mistakes. I've had, I've said things. And I, I guess the other thing, when you said to me that you would ask me this question, one of the other things that I would always say to myself is, did I do that well? And, um, you know, and I used to say, you're only as good as your last haircut, you're only as good as your last shampoo, you're only as good as your last meeting, you're only as good as your last, you know. And when we communicate with someone, the quality of that communication all depends on, you know, um, their comeback, what they're going to say back to you. And if it's not what you expected, then I think I have to look at my communication. And so 
I think where's my head at is definitely one thing I continually check in with, but I always check in um, with, could I have done that better? Now in saying that, that's not about beating myself up. It's all about, did I get the result that I wanted? And could I have done that better? And was that good for both parties? So I always check in with that as well. I think, yes, you do get better at it when you're older. I think you probably sit on your island less and hopefully look at others, others' perspectives a little bit more successfully rather than just thinking about it's my way or the highway and it's all about me, me, me and me and my opinion. So I think maybe, yeah, maybe as I've gotten older as well, I've learned to listen. And even in learning to listen, I learned that if you can turn your brain off and actually not think about what you're going to say next mm. versus listening to that to that person, whoever is in front of you, if you have a blank mind, it's actually called vacant listening, which means that you are not agreeing or disagreeing with what they're actually saying. But you, if you can do that, you hear so much more behind their words. Um, whether it's the emotion behind the words, but everyone has a message behind the words that they actually use. So I think if you can cultivate vacant listening, um, then I think that's a, a very powerful thing when you are managing staff. So I don't know, I threw in a few of them. I, I know you asked for one, but um, <laughs> I sort of, uh, if you know me, I sort of can do that though. Um, too many ideas. We shall pull them all out uh, and use them all for sure. I think that's uh, I think that's a really good message for sure. Okay, what about um, what is a book or a resource or something that you believe all salon owners should do, get their hands on? What do you reckon? Look, I know that your listeners are from all around the world, and um, I was speaking with the Victorian government yesterday um, about the pandemic and about COVID, and we were talking about how important it is to join an association. And I think I'm going to use this year as an example where the, um, the association that I'm with is the Australian Hairdressing Council. And I know that we became the trusted source for information for our industry because during COVID, um, everyone had a friend of a friend of a friend who lived next door to an aunt who knew somebody about what was going to happen. So I think what's really important is that, um, you know, uh, wherever you are, whether you're in the United States or the UK or New Zealand or Australia, I know in New Zealand you've got NZARH, a wonderful association in New Zealand. I think um, if I was going to look for resources, something to watch, something to listen to, something to read, you know, I would consider as a business owner an absolute must to belong to an industry association to not just represent you to government, but also to have your back and also give you the right information when you need it. Yeah, I, that's a really good point, actually, because uh, you're right. Everybody knows somebody and some information is leaked out somewhere and it really just becomes Chinese whispers. And really, if you want to be on the right course and ahead of the curve, not behind it, yeah, it needs to come from an official source. Yeah, yeah, good point. I agree. Yeah, I agree. I think, unfortunately, social media um, is responsible for a lot of misinformation, yeah. that, especially for 2020 that was out there and, well, the election as well and all those things, you know. So it's really interesting what comes out on social media. But I think that with an association, they are responsible and accountable um, in giving the right information, not the wrong information. So I think uh, I think everyone should source which is the best association for them yeah 
Amazing. All right. I knew this was going to be a good chat and uh, it was never going to be enough time to get suck all of the information out of your brain. So what I want to do is make sure people know where to find you, stalk you, because they're going to want to. Uh, if we want to connect with you, Sandy, where should we be stalking you? Well, I'm on the Australian Hedges and Council. You can obviously email me through that. Um, I'm on LinkedIn and I am on Facebook and Instagram. And so is the Australian Hedges and Council as well. Um, so I guess um, best way is email Australian Hedges and Council, LinkedIn, Facebook, social media, if you want to contact me. Amazing. Thank you so much for the time you've given us today. Far too short. We'll have to have you back. And, um, and thank you. And it's so nice to see your face again, Larissa. I've missed your body. <laughs> I know. I have missed being inside of Australia because I'm normally there, you know, three or four times a year, and uh, I'm really feeling the effects of being stuck at home. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully we will see you soon. I agree. And that's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you, Sandy, so much. Uh, we could totally talk all day. I really do miss our wine chats. All right. Okay. I'd love to know what your biggest takeaway from today's chat on the podcast is. What resonated? Remember, I'm always a messenger, so chat me. I would love to hear your biggest takeaway. All right. In the meantime, I will leave the link to do so in the show notes. I look forward to connecting with you again. Same time, same place next week. Ciao for now. Thanks for joining me on another episode of the podcast. Tune in every week as I reveal the latest insights and advice on what it takes to truly master your inner salon CEO and master your salon success. Subscribe to the Salon Owners Collective podcast on iTunes or Spotify or visit us online at www.salonownerscollective.com. But make sure to join me in my Facebook group for answers to common questions and much, much more. Thanks for listening and I look forward to tuning in with you again next week.